1: Welcome in, Patriots post game show. Thanks for waiting. Evan Lazar down doing the dirty work uh, in the bowels of Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis, uh, listening to the post game interviews uh, as the Patriots lose to the Indianapolis Colts 27 17. This was a 20 to nothing game. Patriots rallied to make it respectable, but uh, really played like absolute trash. Um, pretty much all three phases of the game. You can throw the coaches under the bus, too, for three quarters of this game. Uh, Some empty calories here in the fourth as they came back and, as we said, made it close. But, Evan, let's start at the end here. Um, As you said, you and I were just talking offline. Um, This was as pissed off and sullen and sulky and moody uh, as Bill Belichick has been in a long time uh, with this game and not taking anything positive out of it at all
0: yeah i we asked them some questions about trying to spin some positives some moral victory if you will, into this game. And I think we're at the point of the season now for Bill Belichick where we're in week 15 and the time for moral victories and the time for treating Mac with uh, Kid Gloves saying, oh, well, he played uh, terribly for three quarters, but he brought them back. And and that's a really good sign. That's a really good thing to look at moving forward as a, a foundational piece. Bill Belichick wasn't having any of it. I asked him about the run defense. First, I asked him what happened on the 67 yarder didn't want to talk about it. Then I asked him, well, how did you feel about how the run defense did against Jonathan Taylor outside the 67-yarder? Because they held Taylor in check for most of the game. He had 28 carries for 103 yards uh, outside of the 167-yard touchdown. So he said that including the 225 yards rushing, which I thought the Patriots kind of game plan to concede a little bit on the ground here in this game. Bill wasn't having that either, right? No, the, the, the two thousand twenty-five, uh, 225 yards rushing was too much also. So didn't play well, didn't coach well, uh, didn't play a winnable game with the turnovers and the penalties and the blocked punt. This was a angry, pissed off, dejected Bill. And I, I think the one thing that you also have to look for to, to wrap up this point is the coach on the other side right? I I think it's absolutely driving Bill nuts that he can't beat Frank Reich. And and they beat him a few years ago uh, when Reich had Andrew Luck in 2018 when he first got to Indianapolis. But to not be able to beat uh, Frank Reich in in the Super Bowl a a bunch of years back and then to get beat by the same scheme again here tonight where your defense really was overmatched for a lot of this game, I think that was another sticking point for Bill that just from a coaching standpoint, from his standpoint, the X's and O's and uh, the frustration coming out that Reich seems to have him figured out on the offensive side of the ball, even though the defense I thought played really well in this game for the most part.
1: Relatively. I think what killed them is just uh, the way too many yards on first down. What um, made it easy for the Colts. I think that was a huge problem uh, there. And again, you know where their strength is the interior of that offensive line is um, yeah. Is is what it is. I mean, and they're gonna do that, and they're gonna bully you. Um, but you're right. At the end of the day, when you looked at the stats, minus you know a couple gadget plays and uh, and 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 the 67 yarder, they did an okay job on Taylor. Well within reason to have won the game. Again, you eliminate that 67 yarder, and if they won it, you would have actually pointed to their ability to have kept you know, Taylor relatively in check, but it's just all of the other stuff was just so bad. Um, And what I don't understand is just, you know, we're talking defensively, you know, what ended up happening uh, with them being able to run, you know, an X, Y, and Z, but the, you know, from your perspective, offensively, did you like what the Patriots came out doing here? Uh, I, I was a little confused by it.
0: Yeah, thought early in this game, some of the play calling was definitely a little bit peculiar, odd, whatever word you want to use to describe it. The toss play on, on third down and, and some of the other outside runs that they yep. tried to run early on in this game were really head-scratchers because when you look at this Colts defense, you That's see what they do. a lot of speed. There it is. One of the most athletic players in the, in the league at that. Position. So why are you
1: trying to beat them to the edge with Brandon Bolden? I don't know. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I, I don't know.
0: I don't know. It, it, that's one of those things that on Tuesday, when we talked to Josh McDaniels, hopefully we can get some insight. Hopefully we can get some answers as to why uh, they did that and why they felt, felt that was the best way. Cause I, I really felt like coming into this game, the two advantages the Patriots had were to throw the football, which they, they ended up doing pretty effectively on the whole outside of the two interceptions. And uh, when you look at, you know, when you look at max production, especially when you when you look at like expected points added and stuff like that, to be almost a net positive in EPA despite throwing two picks tells you that on the, all the other plays, he did pretty well. He made well. some really good right. throws. Yeah, he yep. made some throws down the field and, and was able to move the offense. But you talk about one for four in the red zone in this game. You talk about some of the situational play calling, and those are two things that I, in my mind, uh, when you go to red zone and when you go to third and fourth down, the, the, those are when coaching truly comes out in-game, game plan, X's and O's, right? When you talk about yeah. from a big-picture standpoint, building an offense, developing Mac Jones, Scott McDaniel's done a great job on all of those fronts all year long, right? He's brought Mac along. Uh, he's gotten them into a, a good groove offensively from a structure standpoint. But when red zone, third and fourth down, that is when creativity, that's when, uh, you know, game plan wrinkles come into play – and I, I know he took a little bit of a shot at Bill Belichick in his post-game press conference, but Frank Wright calls the Naeem Hines touchdown the Patriots special. That's what he called it in the post-game press conference. That's a little bit of a game plan wrinkle. Now, the Patriots had the one hand off the Johnny Smith that gets called back by the holding penalty. But the lack of, I would say, creativity and, and usage of other people besides Hunter Henry, in the red zone is really killing the Patriots. When they get down there inside the five, they want to bully ball it. I know on third down, Mike Onwen who jumps off sides and, and that false start penalty probably took away Armandre Stevenson run up the gut, right? That was probably when they brought sure. the offensive lineman. That's probably where they're going with it. But it, it just is rudimentary down there. It, it really is. And I, I can't, I can't put a finger on why, and I'm also not going to sit here and say the reason why is because they don't trust Mac to put more on Mac's play. Cause we're not talking about Mac. We're talking about creative uh, wrinkles to get the ball into the end zone from the high red zone. Once they get into the, Ten to five yard line. I'm perfectly fine with them putting on Weno on the field and bullying the ball into the sure. into the end zone. That's what they should be doing. But when you look at the high red zone from the ten to the nineteen, uh, their struggles in that area of the field don't. It's not just this game. It, this is a this game was a microcosm of their struggles all year long. Ranking 26th in red zone offense this year, and it's only going to get worse after tonight. So you, know, you look at some of those things, and and I think that that's from a stylistic standpoint. Uh, excuse me, I, I said one for four. They were two for four. But it, one of them was an interception. So you take points right off the board right there. Right. So that that, that gets you zero in the red zone trip. And, and some of that's on Mac. Right. He obviously throws the interception. That's not necessarily on McDaniels. But I, I would just like to see the red zone design basically right now. And I can't believe that teams are still getting beat by Hunter Henry down there. Right. Because he's all they got. It I know. The only consistent weapon they have in the red well, zone for Mac to Re- go to right
1: now. Red zone, one thing, but let me ask you this. Just, uh, uh, you know, this felt like this, I thought this was going to be a Mac throws at 30, a 30 plus uh, time. You know, times tonight by design, not because they were trailing and had to come up. Right. I just thought that that's what the Colts would give them. And that's what the Patriots would do. Um, also thinking that the Colts would expect the Patriots to try to establish the run, but the Pats were running out of strange formations. It felt like they were, you know, with multiple receivers, they were running out of, you know, t- you know, multiple receiver sets instead of heavy packages. I would have thought it would have made more sense to either spread it out and go and loosen up the Colts a little bit, um, you know, uh, by letting Mac cook, so to speak. And we talk about it all the time. I thought that would be one option. I thought the other option would be do exactly what you did with the bills and go heavy and throw in an extra tight end and just ram it down their throats for a little bit and see if you could soften them up. Some, they didn't do either of those things, and then obviously you run into that blocked punt, which again, we'll get into that in terms of why does that keep happening? It's the third of the season and no other team has more than one. Yeah, uh, and and, that. and yeah. that goes into a touchdown. We'll, we'll get into that in a minute. So you're, then you're instantly in a hole and you become one dimensional and everything gets a little bit more difficult. Uh, but I didn't understand what they were trying to accomplish offensively to start the game.
0: Yeah, the start of the game was ugly offensively from a lot of standpoints. I look at that fourth down play, for instance, to Hunter Henry, where they roll out the pocket. They've ran that same roll uh, pick play uh, a dozen times this year already on short in short yardage third down fourth down usually the sprint route that hunter henry ran is done by jacoby myers so the one little wrinkle that they threw in there was that they had hunter henry run at this time instead of jacoby but the colts were all over it they knew exactly what was coming on that fourth down so building compliments off of that doing something else different in that situation and i have to go back and look at the tape of from what I remember, uh, looking at it initially, it looked to me like they could have ran the ball pretty easily in in the inside the tackles, inside the guards there on that on that one particular fourth down. I, I think they had the B gap uncovered, you know, in terms of a guy on the line of scrimmage taking away the gap. So they they easily could have ran the football there. I felt like they cut off half the field. It's not there initially because the Colts are ready for the pick play, and that comes back to is that the only that's the only play in their bag right that the only play in their bag on fourth and one is the rollout because I've seen them run it it's got to be it's got to be eight to ten times this year already in short yardage going back to week one so the only play that they have in that bag and fourth and one is that rollout play. Like there's nothing else that they can run there. Uh, That's frustrating as well. So you look at some of those things and and I definitely feel that it wasn't McDaniels' best game, but you can also go back through a lot of these plays and talk about player execution, certainly in in certain situations as well. It's not McDaniels' fault that Mac Jones throws the ball to Darius Leonard, right? in in the red zone, you know, that's, that's not on the offensive coordinator.
1: No. And it looked like he got baited into that pick Mac there. Um, And, uh, and, 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 And it happens, uh, you know, and that's like rookie ish stuff, you know, um, um, you know, he got baited into that one and then just didn't see, uh, you know, what just didn't, didn't see it clearly on the second one there. Um, so those are bad. I mean, he looked, looked like a rookie which he does at times uh it was a seesaw
0: game from him but i will say this and, and they didn't pull it off so you can't go full full brady mode right but brady would have some of those games too i mean we obviously point to some of the super bowls and in the falcons super bowl being probably the biggest example of this but you have a lot you had a lot of games over the course of 20 years where you don't look very good for two and a half quarters you don't look good for three quarters but the quarterback rises in the end Right. And he goes out there and he makes a, a hell of a fourth quarter comeback and puts it together and puts them over the top. They weren't able to pull it off here today, but you have to give Maxim credit for what some of the plays that they made late in this game. In the fourth quarter, he threw the ball exceptionally well. He did bring them almost all the way back, uh, brought them into 27, uh, twenty to seventeen. Uh, they were in three points of, of bringing them all the way back, but they still, you know, the start was the start. And I, I think when you look at what Bill Belichick said after the game and what Matthew Slater said after the game, and, and a lot of other you know people that were up at the podium was they, they're not going to win very many football games starting like that. Right. And when you have eight penalties and you have two turnovers and you have a block punt, go for a touchdown and you have all these things uh, in the beginning part of the game and you get yourself into a 20 to nothing hole on the road, and you are going to lose 99% of those games. So at the end of the day, it, There are some moral victories. There are some silver linings to this game, and I'm sure when we watch back the tape uh, from Mac Jones' perspective in particular, uh, he made some really good throws in this game, especially against some of their zone looks, uh, moving the zone coverage, coming back to the backside, uh, doing some things with Hunter Henry that I thought was really, really productive. Uh, Kendrick Bourne got involved. Uh, Jacoby Myers didn't have the best game, but he he made some catches there uh, on third down. I mean, the best one of Mac's best throw possibly was that Jacoby drop uh, there, Uh, the the, the FAF.
1: Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, you know, he, so. he
0: did. So he did. It's a seesaw, right? I mean, it's a rookie seesaw. He yeah. made some really, really good plays. He also made some really, really bad ones. And those are the ebbs and flows that you're going to have with yeah, the rookie. You know what,
1: though? Right. Here's the thing. It it all it's a matter of perspective. Now you're in it. You'd won seven games in a row and you started to get this sense of, oh my goodness, one seed by Super Bowl. Like wow. And so the expectation right. level changes. If you look at it through a different lens in terms of Mac Jones, you've had a couple of wins recently. And again, this is gonna put the sunny, you know, the 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 you know uh you know kind of a you know a sunnier look on on on, on Mac's performance, but people you've had wins recently where you look Mac looked like he'd either regressed or was a bit of a non-factor and you wonder what happens when they get down can he make throws you know this is something you needed to see if you're the patriots and a patriots fan that yeah He can make throws when he has to. And if you put the game in his hands, he's going to make some good decisions. He made a lot of good decisions in the second half or, you know, as they were trying to move and you will lump in part of the third quarter there right before they scored their first touchdown there in the fourth. When, when they gave him the ball and they said, go, yeah, he made a ton of throws. So again, People have been begging to see that. At least you got to see a glimpse of it. What this does, though, is it screws you up in the AFC playoff picture. You really had to be perfect because I don't see the necessarily the Chiefs losing the rest of the way out. So that one seed's going to be really tough now. Mm-hmm. Now you got Buffalo next week, and you really have to get that
0: W. The good news is, is that regardless of what happened this week, and I say this with a smile on my face because I think a lot of – the Bills fans that I follow on Twitter tonight were taking some victory laps on the expense of the Patriots when it was 20 to nothing. But regardless of the outcome of tonight's game, next week is a hat and T-shirt game for the Patriots if they win. They win the AFCs next week against Buffalo with a victory at Gillette Stadium, point blank, regardless of what happened tonight. So that there's still a, a lot of uh, positives of, to go from moving forward. But I, I thought Matthew Slater said it best. If they play like they did tonight, they are not going to win very many football games here down the stretch. And it's going to be a quick end to the season if they continue to compound mistakes after mistakes after mistakes. And it's not just the turnovers. It's not just the block punt. It's also the procedural stuff, right? That getting in their own way with some of the penalties, like the, the, ever- the
1: delay of game, getting to the line yeah. with thirteen seconds left with Mac, the yeah. Onwenu penalty there, going from third and one to third and six. There, when you know, all of those things are terrible. Uh, it, yeah, terrible. yeah, you can't have
0: the Onwenu the one was a real backbreaker for sure, and they almost had. Look, I, I think you could have technically. Obviously, you can do whatever you want. You but you could have got made the argument that uh, fourth and seven, maybe you do go for it there instead of kicking the field goal. But that's a far way out for one play in that condensed area, and your red zone offense has stunk all year, so you're going to trust it there to get four, seven yards. So, I well,
1: admire. I I agree, Evan. But I always think when you're when you when you're in a position where you're going to go where you think going for it on fourth down is a likelihood, you have to play.
0: The first three
1: downs is if you're playing yeah. four downs I, I,
0: and, and that 3rd in two play with on when it was going right up the gut with Ramondre Stevenson yes. and, and they just didn't get the playoff and so. they
1: didn't get to do it. And that's the yeah. killer there. Right. Cause then, you know, you're going to do it again. So you're right. It puts you in a tough position there. Um, you know, third and seven, but even at third and seven, you have to think I need to, pl- I, I got to get home in two plays, not just one, because you don't want to put yourself in a fourth and seven situation. I think that field goal was bad. This is another fourth down that yeah. you can question with Belichick in terms of timid I didn't think there was enough opportunities to get the ball back there so it, it that was a, a winner go home situation whereas the Colts go three for three on fourth down I know this weekend was a big you know they went three for
0: three with with four three fourth down sneaks though to be fair right they, they were did. fourth and one and Well, one of them was on their side of the field that that's how they set those things up though if you're in Indianapolis and I actually thought the last sneak uh, they, they almost had it. Yeah, they, they almost had, really had it. I, I said to you know that those plays often come down to when they decide to blow it dead. Right, if they blow it dead initially and they roll his forward progress down, they probably had them. But the second wave often is the one uh, that that gets it uh, over the the line to gain. So that that was yeah. that was tough. But you know, I. Look, I don't think the I didn't really have much of a problem with the lack of aggressiveness. What I keep on coming back to, for me, is what are things that went wrong tonight that I can sit here and say were are reoccurring issues for this team, right? I don't think penalties is a big reoccurring issue for them. They're playing a, a crew tonight, and it didn't sound like Bill Belichick was too pleased with Carl Cheffers for for a number of reasons. But Cheffers is in his crew throw more flags than any other crew in the entire National Football League. They are a right. flag-happy crew, and we saw that right from the early jump when they were calling those ineligible downfield plays, right? Or the RPO concept for the the Colts gets called back, and then the screen gets called back from the Patriots for ineligible downfield. So the, the these refs and this crew, uh, they interject themselves into these games. And I, I think Bill Belichick was not too pleased with some of the, the calls that were being made, not necessarily saying that – it was all, you know, they were against the Patriots, so to speak. But the ticky tackness of the calls that did go up against the pass. I, for one, I, I know the the holding on Jacoby Myers on the John O. Smith play that I think he he maybe scored or got tackled at the half yard line or something like that. Then they call it back. Uh, the whole Patriots. Yeah, he, uh, he was, might have hit the pylon on that one. Yeah, yeah, the whole the whole Patriots sideline was up in arms that they that they made that call. Right. I mean, it's it's really a, the whole. It wasn't really even a huge factor. In, in the play, based off of where Jacoby Myers was in the field of play. So uh, that one was uh, a big backbreaker. But what I come back to from a big picture standpoint of what are some of the things, uh, some of their compounding issues, what are some of their Achilles' heels right now? I would say the first one is red zone offense, which I, I talked about during the bye week. I wrote about during the bye week and it reared its ugly head again here today, going two for four. The other one that I would say is. They are the only team in the NFL, as we keep on saying, and we need to talk about this, that has three punt blocks this year. No one else has more than one. And so when you look at some of the things that are continued to be issues for them, getting punts blocked is an issue that has continued to happen over and over and over and over again. And if you look back at this game, it's... What 13 to you know 10 or 17 13 Patriots, even late in this game, if there's no blocked punt, and obviously things don't go exactly the same, and the sequence changes, and I, I get all that, but the Patriots were not shy. Matthew Slater and Bill Belichick, uh, they threw Jelani Tavai right under the bus, right? They didn't say that this was a, it was not a schematic no, rush. No. It just wasn't went, anything. Right, went right by him. Run right by him. And Bill yeah. Belichick said it was a, you know, Slater was a little bit nicer landing the plane. He said it was, <laughs> it was a, it was a technique issue and not a scheme issue. Belichick just said we flat out missed the block, right? So one guy is now in Tavai is now responsible for two out of the three block punts. And I, I hate to rag on one player like that, but I think it's clearly time to pull Jelani Tavai off of the punt block unit and and put somebody else there. I mean, Michael Onwen, who's not even playing, right, in terms of other other than six offensive line, maybe they should be putting him next to Joe Cardona to, to protect Jake Bailey because uh, this is becoming a major issue and it, the game completely flipped. Uh, obviously, when they yeah. blocked that punt. So it, it just was a huge problem. Yeah, yeah. We are back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. As always, Fed Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Fed Online continues to be the number one source for everything football head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit don't forget to use our promo code CLNS50 to receive your bonus from football basketball boxing right to your favorite Vegas casino games don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports bet online where the game starts so, uh,
1: other than that, um, again, there's not a lot else you can really point to in terms of like the recurring types of issues. Again, yeah, the, red the zone, run, punt blocks, the and, run defense. You again, is the numbers are going to look bad. Yeah. I agree with you, it wasn't as bad as it looked, but again, just giving up big chunks on first down there, and they did get. When they've faced good interior offensive lines, I do think that that's where they're losing those battles up front um, against those types of teams. first half, they got pushed off the ball. And they got pushed off the ball big time. Yeah,
0: Yeah. it, it ended up evening out as the game went on. But first half, certainly, they were getting blown off the ball. And the one thing I will say, though, that I think is maybe Bill Belichick has this ability because of who he is and his resume more than any other coach in the National Football League is that they never panic. Right? They, whenever, you know, they're getting gash on the run, they're getting moved off the ball, you know, all game long. And they, they never went away from the game plan, which to be honest with you, the game plan was more designed to stop Carson Wentz than it was to jo- stop Jonathan Taylor at times. They're playing a lot of big nickel, they're playing a lot of too high. Uh, they were doing things that you look at and see. Uh, teams do to stop the, the pass and I think a lot of the too high stuff was with uh, the RPO based uh, for whatever reason I've asked a couple of, of coaches you know high school coaches Twitter guys that uh, tweet a lot coach fast things like that but why the Patriots would play uh, so much cover two against RPO nobody can tell me nobody can give me an answer as to what they think but they clearly think that that's a coverage that they can. Play Well out of against those types of RPO style concepts. So uh, that was what the game plan was. The game plan was the whole Carson wants to 57 yards passing or whatever and ended up being and give up a little bit on the run and, and let that go a little bit. Um, but obviously, when you give up a 67 yard touchdown, that's when the plan goes you know into the trash can right you know if you didn't do that then then you you have a much better defensive uh, performance and something to take away a little bit better but uh i i truly feel like they felt you know getting the questions now why did they not load up to stop jonathan taylor well i think that they felt like they were better equipped to stop Jonathan Taylor out of their nickel packages than they were to stop the pass out of base defense. And I think they really felt like if they put base defense out there, that Carson Wentz was going to throw all over their linebackers, right? And, and really have his way uh, through the air. And you can keep teams. And we talk about this all the time with the analytics and stuff like that. But I think this is one area where I have seen Bill Belichick buy a little bit into what some of the analytics are telling you. And that is that, The Colts ran for 225 yards, but at the end of the day, they only scored 20 points on offense, right? You can give up look at that game against Tennessee where they gave up 270 yards on the ground, and the Titans still only scored 13 points. So you can give up some yards on the ground. You hold them down in the red zone. You hold them out of the end zone from all those explosive runs, and you could really shut them down that way for the most part. But then you give up the 67-yarder, and it looked like on that play, uh, Devin McCordy and Dante Hightower collided trying to ke- uh, catch Jonathan Taylor yep. on the cutback, and McCordy said after the game when we were speaking to him at the podium that uh, that was what they call their four-minute defense. Right, it, when you're losing within four minutes to go of the of the final whistle, it's it's everybody down. Right, it's it's everybody down selling out to stop the run, and if he makes one guy miss, then then that's what is, happens. He, he's off to the house because at that point in that field position, the defense really needs to force a punt, right? Whether you give up a touchdown or you force a punt, you got to take some chances. You got to take some gambles to try to shoot some gaps and, and get some negative plays and and get the offense off the field. So uh, that, that's what happens there. And he goes to the house and, and that's kind of the boomer busted those types of plays on the drive before that, they made some plays behind the line of scrimmage and they got the Colts offense to punt. So it either works or it doesn't, right? There's really no middle ground with them when you sell out like that. And, Unfortunately, you know, they obviously didn't make the play there. But uh, I thought the strategy from a game plan perspective actually almost worked uh, for the Patriots to not overreact to Taylor and and not put all their big bodies out there. Yeah.
1: And again, again, if you kind of said it there, if you're looking for another silver lining, like to play this badly. And to be in the game, like I, yeah, I can't imagine Patriots are shaking in their boots if they face the Colts of somewhere down the line again. But I
0: can tell you that Bill Belichick hates Frank Frank. (laughs) Reich. I can tell you that. (laughs) I think I think that guy drives them absolutely nuts. That he just, for whatever reason, especially early, because the the Super Bowl against the Eagles, and not to continue to rehash that terrible memory for all of our lovely viewers right now, but. That game went a very similar way, if you remember. First half, the Eagles came out like gangbusters, uh, blew the Patriots out in the first half, and then the Patriots slowly climbed back into the game and climbed back into the game, right? So, um, so I, I don't know. It, it feels like to me uh, that that Belichick is is pretty pissed off that that Frank Reich still has his number. That that's yeah. for sure.
1: Yeah. Um, other drips and drabs here from the game, Evan, that you want to hit on before we wrap?
0: Yeah. So a couple of other things. Um, first and foremost, I've been one of the biggest defenders of Isaiah Win, probably on the entire so beat. Wins I've a been, big.
1: Wins a big one in the I've chat been right very, now. Very, yeah.
0: very, very patient uh, with Isaiah Win. I've given him a very long leash. I will say that the. Outside of him getting called for uh, penalties all year long, penalties have been a big issue for Isaiah Wynn, both pre-snap penalties, false starts, things like that, but also post-snap holding. You know, th- He's gotten called for more penalties than pretty much any starting tackle in the NFL. Uh, PFF tracks it, and he's right up there near the top of the, of the list. So the penalties have been a problem for him all year long. But on the whole, I do feel like his play has been better than what the narratives out there suggest. Tonight, I am getting to the point where I'm starting to let go of the rope a little bit with Isaiah. Wynn. not not only because of the false start where he's you know out of his stance and nobody like else is moving. Walking right? into Ramondre. Right, he he gets lost on that <laughs> on that block and, and basically tackles Ramondre Stevenson for the Colts defense. The sack that he gave up to DeForest Buckner. I, he, he tries to jump set, and when he jumps set, it's a it's a hit-or-miss type of, of approach as an offensive lineman. You either get the guy square and, and you nail it, or you miss like he did. But when you look at the play again, Brandon Bolden's coming out of the backfield, and it looks like Brandon Bolden is, is looking to chip DeForest Buckner. So all Isaiah Wynn needs to do on that play is block inside out. Just don't give up the inside right? Because you have some help to the outside. Now you're not doubling him. You're not sliding protection, but you do have a little bit of help from Bolden on the outside. And you have this defensive tackle that's playing out on the tackle, uh, on the left tackle, because clearly the, the Colts identified Isaiah Wynn as a guy that they could beat in in pass protection. Right. And they put their best pass rusher over him. And you, you have a guy playing all the way out there. He's not going to beat you around the corner, right? I mean, he, he's a six foot Six, uh, a 310 pound defensive tackle, uh, three technique, right? And he's playing out on the five over the tackle. He's not going to beat you around the corner. So to set out uh, as aggressively as he did, overset and give up the, the one thing he couldn't do was give up the inside. And that's exactly what he did. So you look at some of the, to me, what are our focus errors, right? You know, you have Buckner out over the top of you and you give up the inside. You go for a walk and you get called for a false start before the snap and, and everybody's looking around at you. Uh, you tackle your own guy. Uh, these are not because Isaiah wins not those physically are, those are, able those are to frowned play the, upon.
1: Yeah. Right.
0: It's not because he's not physically able to play the position, right? These are focus mental type of slip-ups that he's having and if he's not going to lock back in and really refocus his game uh, then I, I they're not going to change anything drastically in week 15, uh, week 16. I know everybody's calling for them to flip Trent Brown to the left side and play on Winnie at right tackle. We're way too far down the line for something yeah. like that. But looking at it from a, a big picture, long term type of standpoint, you have a quarterback in Mac Jones, a righty quarterback that likes to stay in the pocket, that isn't going to move around a whole lot. Uh, you're going to have to protect that, him for the next decade, right? Is what you hope. And if you're going to do that, you're going to have to have a real stud at left tackle. And if the Patriots had a a player there that they felt good about to pair with Mac Jones at that spot, I think that they would feel a lot better about their offense moving forward. So in terms of the short term, Isaiah wins your left tackle. You're going to have to live with, with that for this season the long-term outlook of Isaiah Wynn as the Patriots starting left tackle, I think is certainly on the table as something that the Patriots would like to upgrade on moving forward. Cause it's they not have to right now. They yeah. have
1: to, I, if, if it's not, and we've talked about this before, but if that draft is, doesn't, isn't tackle or I mean, in that first round, you know, yeah. it's, it's something that they have to address. And you also have Trent Brown um, in a contract year as well. So, you know, that could be completely up in the air for next year. Yeah. Um. Yeah. um yeah, I don't know. This is where we're at. It's uh, it's weird yeah. to watch a Bill Belichick. It's weird to watch a Patriots team look this sloppy and unprepared coming off a bye week. Um, mm-hmm. and uh, and you as, again, as you said, <laughs> we've seen Bellet, we've seen Bill do this before. I do think when there's a coach on the opposing sideline, he gets in his own head sometimes. It's and it's mm-hmm. almost kind of like I know they're not going to be expecting me to do this thing. So I can't not do that thing, and I'm going to do the other thing, and I right. maybe I, and 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 he kind of
0: twists himself, yeah. makes
1: it yeah, and and he beats himself sometimes. He makes it tougher than he needs to, and I feel like this is kind of maybe what happened, which is why he's so salty in the press conference. Yeah,
0: period. yeah, I I do want to say though, so that everybody doesn't go off and jump off the Tobin tonight after watching this game. I the Patriots won seven straight games, right, and, and they were due. For a clunker. They were due to have a game where absolutely everything went wrong. And the one thing that you have to give them credit for, and I know Belichick wouldn't do it, and he wouldn't take the cheese when when we tried to give him an opportunity to credit the team's effort uh, at the end of the game, they didn't let go of the rope. Right, they 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 could have they could have wallowed in their sorrows. They could have let it sink them. They could have lost this game. A lot of other teams, like look at the Cleveland Browns when they came to Foxborough a month ago. They they have a few things go wrong and they lose the game forty-five to seven. Right, the Patriots didn't lose the game forty-five to seven. They battled, they hung in there, and it just wasn't their night. Now, that I I think that you're due for every oh, a game like that every one every two months. Right, you know you win seven straight, where pretty much everything goes right for you. And then you eventually are going to have a game like this. And at least it happened now. And maybe hopefully you can get some of these things fixed and, and corrected and hopefully it doesn't happen quite this way in the playoffs, but if they come out this flat again, then, then they're going to be in trouble. And I also think it's a little bit of a wake up call. Honestly, I think, you know, Matthew Slater didn't say that, he didn't feel like the Patriots had necessarily done this, but I think it is human nature to start reading some of your press clippings, to start getting into yourself a little bit too much, a little bit, a little bit too cocky, a little bit too oh well, this is easy. Like we were just winning everything we do, right? We just roll it out there and we're going to win the game. So this hopefully will serve as a launching point, a wake up call for the team and move forward. But we'll see next week against Buffalo, right? If they come out against Buffalo and they're flat again, and and they look like the team that started the season two and four, like they did tonight, then uh, we know that this is maybe more of a, something that is just indicative of who they are right now. And and not necessarily just a a speed bump. The reality
1: is (laughs) they're far from perfect. (laughs) So are most AFC teams right now. Um, So it's pretty wide open. I think I'll, I think, it's going to come down to who plays cleaner football a lot of the times. Mm-hmm. So you just, they're not good enough to get away with this many mistakes, right? They just have to clean right. it up. Uh, you take the, you take whatever positives you can out of here, uh, including I, I'll even throw Nikhil Harry in
0: the mix uh, after he got,
1: before yeah. he got, yeah, I did want to talk about before that. before He not- got knocked out of the game.
0: We, not we to always... take any any victory laps or anything, but I I have given Nikhil same as as Isaiah Wynn had burned me giving him the long leash. I've given Nikhil the long leash, and uh, he finally had his his Randy Moss moment, right? And I I thought what was great about it, uh, in particular, uh, from not to like credit Mac for for Nikhil Harry going up and making. But a, that's a, everything you've ever wanted Nikhil right.
1: to be. Use he was, that
0: big he body. He was one. He was one on one down the field. Uh, there was no, There was really nothing else there. <laughs> Right, there is no other option Just on the win play. the one-on-one battle. Let like, him go up and get it, and they finally let the him do big it. Big
1: physical guy that we all know you are. Right, yeah. Play big yeah.
0: for once, and he did. Went up. I, I will say, I yeah. absolutely hate the the goal line fade. I hate it. I hate think it. It's, I think it's a low worst playing football. Throw, yeah. Worst playing football <laughs> type. of I completely agree. But. He is six foot three, right? And and I'm not saying you have to throw him the goal line fade, but But as a compliment to Hunter Henry, maybe Nikhil Harry is the guy because it's clearly they thought it would be Johnny, right? Johnny was the the big red zone weapon in Tennessee last year, nine red zone touchdowns for the Titans. It, It didn't work out, it hasn't worked out. But maybe Nikhil Harry can be the compliment. Maybe he try can be it. a secondary receiver that they can go to in that area.
1: Try it, though. I feel like he would just even if he did get it, he just box it around. I, I just, yeah, I, I hate that play. Let I agree. him I box
0: should. out. Let him yeah. sit on the goal line like Hunter Henry did on his second touchdown. Let him, you know, run a slant and try to and try to use his body to guard the catch point. You know, don't you don't have to throw him a goal line fake? Because I hate it just as much as the next guy, but let yeah. him let him use his size down there you know that that's the one thing you can't there's not a lot of room down there so you can't create a ton of separation as it is but the vertical separation that you can create and then obviously like a basketball player like henry did on his second td you sit down you box a bunch of people out you outmuscle them for the football that a lot of the time when you're throwing the ball down there that's how you have to win in that area of the field in that condensed area of the field and the only other guy that they have Outside of Henry, because Johnny's certainly not doing it. The only other guy they have on this roster right now that has that skill set, that has that body type, is Nikhil Harry. Yeah. So we'll see, you know. I, I hate to see head injuries, uh, but Nelson Aguilar got knocked out of the game with that with the concussion. So if he's not ready to go by next week for Buffalo, it is, it could be a very big game for Nikhil Harry uh, to maybe have some opportunities. So we'll see what he makes of it. Yeah, a couple other little nuggets, uh, a couple underrated throws. I really like. I
1: I thought that second touchdown to uh to Henry. Um, uh, was was great by Mac being able to move in the pocket, throw it kind of off balance off one yeah. foot and really just in, you know, you know, right past the fingertip of a defender. Uh, And also that fourth down, was it the fourth down play where he just swung it out to Bolden?
0: Um, Yeah, it was third downs, all out blitz. And yeah, he knew knew exactly where to go with it. Brilliant
1: decision, knew where to go confidently, you know, to throw a ball on third and 10, (laughs) that short of the sticks and know that it was the right play call. And just, we talk about being able to deliver those short passes right where you need to exactly in stride a big moment there in a first down that they needed to get as they were driving, trying to get back in it. So it wasn't just the downfield stuff. He made a lot of other good throws. I thought throughout the game.
0: Yeah. I, I, that's what I look. It's, it's, it's tough because when you you hear the way that Bill Belichick spoke about it after the game and Bill was just not having any semblance of positive. No, of course right? not. He was, he was not so pissed off about how it started, any, right? Any moral victories. He wasn't taking any of the silver linings, but when you really look at the way it, that Mac battled in this game, the throws that he was able to make on a good defense and the way that he brought them back to in punching distance of this game. Uh, there's something to be said for that. And I, I know that he hasn't fully pulled off the comeback other than against Houston when, he, when he came back, but against uh, new Orleans against uh, tonight, against Indianapolis against Dallas, uh, the kid keeps punching, right? He keeps swinging. You, you can knock him down as many times as you want. And he keeps on coming back and they're, that eventually, that process is eventually going to yield comebacks and yield bigger results uh, for Mac down the line. Maybe this team this year in his rookie season, they're not quite ready to make that step forward just yet, but uh, once they have everything around him and and once they have it all figured out from that standpoint, if he continues to have that short memory and that mentality, then uh, that's a building block for the Patriots. That's a foundational element of his game, I think, is uh it, it's a, that part of it is is a little bit like what you see a lot of the other great quarterbacks have it doesn't always have to go 100% right for mac jones to continue to battle and to continue to make plays i think a lot of guys are front runners He's mac pretty- jones isn't is not a front runner
1: He's pretty tough. He couldn't wait to get back on the field. He couldn't wait to get the ball back. He's sitting yeah. there with his helmet on the sideline at all times, just waiting. Like I, I want to get back out there and I want another shot. He's right. not a guy. He's not a guy who puts his tail between his legs after an interception. He's pissed, yeah. but he wants to get back out there and and make up for it on the next. You know, next time through, he's not affected by it either. It's not in his head. So um, that was one of the things people said on one of the knocks on Mac. He actually does have a tough time shaking off some stuff. Yeah,
0: yeah. When he was younger, he, his coaches in high school talked about. I get very, very emotional Uh, when he was a kid. He would cry, you know, and he when he lost the game or threw an interception or what have you. And we had the
1: time earlier in the season where Bills pulling him off the field with one arm, which is like, get yourself together, man. Let's friggin' go. Yeah,
0: that a really great. a story from Nick Saban actually uh, in that one of those CBS packages that Saban did about Belichick and Mac Jones and he said that uh, early on in Mac Jones's career, Nick Saban sometimes at Alabama, he would watch practice from up above to watch the kind of the all 22 view if you will of practice and he would watch up above and, and he wouldn't be down there in the weeds with the players and and then he'd go and talk to them afterwards about right. what he saw from above and he said that he didn't even need to look downfield to see if the pass was completed or not because all he had to do was look at Mac Jones's body language right because after every single incomplete pass he's stomping his feet or he's you know getting all mad or or, or throwing a fit and after every completion he's like he's the happiest guy in the world so Nick Saban went down to him and he said look Mac Jones as a kid uh, before football really became a big part of his life uh, he was a big tennis player So tennis players are like that, right? John McEnroe is is obviously the poster child for it, but a lot of these tennis players, after every single point, something has to be emotional, right? You either have to be yelling that you did something good or yelling that you did something bad and Nick Saban went down to him and said look if you're gonna make it you have all the talent in the world you can do it uh, but you have your body language and, and the way that you carry yourself as a quarterback at that position is going to be really critical for your success moving forward and uh, Mac has done a lot to try to hone that in just just a little bit and and be less emotional on the field and and he really he brought him back look I think there's a lot of critics out there that that doubt that could Mac Jones put the team on on his back down big in a road game 20 to nothing uh, could he bring them back and he didn't bring them all the way back but he came pretty darn close
1: yeah uh, so yeah emotional tennis players or anybody who plays yeah. for the boston celtics they have a difficult time kind of you know getting past uh when things don't break their way um and mac max turned it around in that regard so we'll we'll give him credit there because he he he, he had his chin up the whole time tonight um, yeah and and that was that was good. I, again, I you know, looking at the big picture, I I predicted a Mac come I predicted Mac comeback win with the game on his shoulder. It didn't quite come to fruition. You're close. I but I'm happy to see it. Like I said, I want we want to see him sling it a little bit, so I'm happy yeah. to see it. Um, some people still are down on Mac in the chat. I don't really get it, you know. Yeah. I am you know. It's not, some, go, it, it's not it's not going to be perfect in year one you know yeah he you, made some really rookie mistakes early on in this game but you want to see that the, the prospect i've always thought judging mac is more about are you seeing enough highs to be right. able to be high on him versus did he make some mistakes or do some things that look weren't great like you expect that he's in year one but there i want to see more high points so yeah tonight there was a ton of high point uh things that you saw, which is like, that's impressive to me. So I view it as a positive, even though he was shaky, but so was the whole team through the first couple of quarters. Um, You know, end of the day, Patriots lose one. They were bound to lose at some point or another. Yeah. Look, they weren't going to run the table. They, they weren't, weren't going to run the table. No, this yeah. is not
0: 2001. They weren't going to yeah. run the table. So, And this felt like it was
1: the one that was most likely uh, of all of the ones <laughs> remaining yeah. as well. I agree. So you, You don't want to see it go down uh, next week in Buffalo as well. So they'll hopefully come back here before we wrap it up. Any final thoughts, Evan?
0: No, I think that we as media, we as fans uh, observing this team, I think it's important to keep some of the positives in perspective. The Bill Belichick might not get up there and, and say that anything went well or that coach You know, he said they didn't coach well, they didn't play well, they didn't do anything well tonight was, I think, exactly what he said. And I – but let him worry about that, right? Let, let, let him, the Patriots and the team have that attitude for us. I, I do think that you have to still look at the bigger picture of, of the fact that the, this team has really built something here. And just because they lost uh, one game to a good Colts team on the road, then uh, you, you don't have to completely wipe away the fact that they, they have competed very, very uh, well for the last two months. So I still think it's a good team. I still think that they they have a bright future ahead of them, and tonight just wasn't their night. M- multiple things, good team.
1: There's no team in the AFC that's going to run you off the field right now. Um, okay. I think it's really a matter of who plays the better, cleaner game. But you know that they're in this thing, um, and most likely going to the playoffs and are going to be competitive, which yeah. is as much or more than you could have asked for at any point in time. So, yeah, I,
0: I even thought the winning the the number one seed in the conference. I thought. It would- if they had done that, that would have been light years ahead of where anybody would light have years. expected them Winning to the be, division so. is
1: light years ahead right. of where anybody expected right. this
0: year. Right. So the fact that they're still in position to win the division and win a, a home game, obviously, in the first week of the playoffs is uh, something that we can't lose sight of that just because we had a taste of the number one seed and just because we almost had – you know, the Patriots almost had the bye and they almost had home field advantage and they were yep. the number one seed for a couple weeks and that felt great. I don't lose sight of the fact that winning the AFCE and having a home playoff game in, in Mac Jones's first year with the Patriots as a rookie quarterback uh, that is a really really good uh, first season regardless of what happens at that point
1: yep so that's what we have uh we got more Patriots coverage you guys going to be doing your pats uh, beat on Monday yes Monday. Yeah. So look for uh look for more coverage tomorrow. Go to clnsmedia.com for Evans' write up uh, of the game tonight and then uh he'll be looking at some film and posting a bunch of things uh both on clnsmedia.com and on our YouTube channel in the coming days and then we'll have Patriots Beat Live uh on Monday uh here on clnsmedia where they will break it down uh even further. You got a couple trolls in the chat. Yeah, it, it's Always. all good. It it's fine. Well, if you hate the Patriots, what are you doing on this show? It's, freaking, it's 1 a.m. Go to sleep. <laughs> Go go do something else. That's all right. We like it. We'll, we'll, we'll take everybody. If you haven't already subscribed to our channel, um, and, uh, you'll be notified when we go live, Pat, uh, we will have uh Patriots beat will be live on Monday. We'll update you time. Uh, you can follow us on uh, Patriots CLNS on Twitter for program notifications, uh, there as well. But until then, Evan is wrapping it up in Indy Pats lose 27, 17. They got blanked for three quarters. Uh, 20 zip ended yes. up making a game of it. We'll take it. Uh, they are now the third seed in the AFC falling behind the chiefs who are 10 and four and the Titans, uh, nine and four A game against Pittsburgh tomorrow. Um, and they could be, uh, you know, take that two seed, uh, spot away from the Pats. So, um, it's a hat and t-shirt game next week against the bills. We'll get you ready for that one. Uh, but until then, thanks for watching.